from the Innsmouth Book Club. Join me and my fellow guide, John Chadwick, as we take you on a fortnightly tour of Innsmouth. We visit places such as the Picture House, the Library and Innsmouth Museum to discuss all aspects of weird fiction, whether it be book, film, music, TV or art. As well as that, we stop over at the Gilman House to have a chat with a resident guest. That includes authors, artists, musicians, in fact, Lovecraftian creatives of all types. You can find our free shows on Patreon, and there you can also sign up as a patron, which brings you bonus content, plus a monthly PDF copy of Innsmouth News, which features articles, author spotlights, all the latest news and reviews, and more. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash Innsmouth BC. We hope to see you soon because remember, Innsmouth isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Welcome to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. All right. There it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. I am one of your many hosts, uh, founder, editor, whatever, D.B. Spitzer, and to my virtual right, as always, Gretchen Brooks and David, Farmer Dave Heath. How are you two doing this week? I am well. Yeah, Yeah, doing okay. Hanging in there. Nice. Nice. It's that rainy part of the year. It's kind of yucky out. But oh yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of TV, kind of trying to get my mind off things. Yeah. And then we have the house in order. <laughs> starting oh, to happen. Yeah, we finally got like. Um, I'm sure the, the I'm sure this is such riveting podcast material, but <laughs> we finally got our approval on our carpets, so we're getting carpets. So exciting. That is nice. That's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah, no, just holding down the fort here, printing stuff, doing things, getting ready for Emerald City Comic Con 2024. Oh, Nothing that's terribly exciting. exciting. Yeah, I I've mean, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, me too. And now I do. <laughs> What's new on the farm, Dave? Um, not new baby goats. That's in about a month. Oh, okay. Oh, fun. Yeah, the first babies about 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 the end of March will be the first babies. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's about it. Well, have you guys watched um, True Detective this new season? Season four? No, not yet. Five. I've heard good things, and I I have a spoiler that I have no idea. Okay. Mm. I, think I liked season one and three. I know that. And season two, everyone was like, don't watch it. So I didn't. But <laughs> So I, I feel I like think it's an Ithaca season. What's that? I think it's an Ithaca season. What do you mean? Ithaca is the like, uh, August Derelis, uh snow god. Mm. Or, yeah, or there's, I mean, 
it it just ended so i just finished watching oh. it like like it literally just ended mm-hmm. um yeah it's um i don't know i want to say that i was a little bit like oh okay that's how it ended okay it's been <laughs> all this time building up for this finale and it was like oh okay i mean cool i mean the, the justice happened in kind of a weird way but like you you kind of got this like beautiful setup of like amazing mythos and you 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 get this kind of like plot that feels like we're about to experience something supernatural and then it's like womp womp <laughs> yeah i mean that's my only complaint is that other than that jody foster was incredible in it there we go all right i i, I have heard that I've, i i've heard the supporting cast was good too yes absolutely everybody honestly i don't think there was a bad actor in and the whole thing because everybody brought their their um their game to this one. Oh, good but yeah, so you guys check it out if you get the opportunity. The new season of um, uh, it just ended. True Detective. Okay. Good. But yeah, we're not here to talk about True Detective. <laughs> My bad. So uh, this week we are talking about the Waitley family. <laughs> and uh, then later we're going to be talking about this time that a supernova ejected uh, tachyon particles into our galaxy and those tachyon particles they interacted with the sun of the anti-god you know so wait for that one buddy but yeah uh we'll be talking about john carpenter's uh prince of darkness and i think that's like the best spoiler free (laughs) intro to that movie Uh, (laughs) probably So, gang, uh, what, what what do we got on the Waitleys? Well, I have a spider named after um, Lavinia. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I love, like a, it's a white, it's a curly haired tarantula. Maybe I'll post it to the Instagram since I've been kind of slacking, so I'll put a little extra in there. If I, um, sure, yeah. I'll put in a, a picture of um, Lavinia. She's a nice. she's very cute. She's very furry. <laughs> And she Very cool. likes to dig herself down, down into the sides because she's like, um, she's the kind of spider that likes to like jump out and like attack its prey. Um, mm-hmm. So she likes to dig down into her little um, enclosure and yeah. then like pushes her whole body into that little enclosure. And then when I walk past it, she like jumps out like, hey, <laughs> you, got, you got some super worms? Well, but, yeah. Sounds like a well trained spider. Right? Yeah. I mean, so my experience with with the Waitleys has been kind of a funny one. Like I kind of came to it with, like with the um, Jeffrey Combs um, character actor, mm-hmm. um, and then also um, working at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival multiple years. I um, there was one year when Chris Wayless, who is the 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 genius behind um, like Gizmo and the Gremlins and the Fly Two, mm-hmm. um, he created this sculpture of Wilbur Waitley. Yeah. So I have this yeah. picture of myself standing next to this, yeah. like this statue, and I'm only about, I'm only about five foot two. So Wilbur Waitley's terrifying crotch with like multiple <laughs> tentacle, like horrible like mouths on it was like right next to my head. Yeah. So rude. 
<laughs> I think it's at the Peculiarium now. Okay. Oh, cool. I think that's where all of um, Chris Willis's, um statues of his Lovecraftian um, creations end up living at the um, Peculiarium. Oh, oh that's very cool. I've been there in like four or five years. So. Oh, my gosh. You should go. It's totally like different. They change it up pretty good. It's especially like since they uh, moved around a little bit. Okay. Like they shifted the entire gallery. It's it's really cool. Oh, where's it located these days? Um, down on Northwest 23rd. Okay. I'm not all certain right. exactly the cross street, but yeah, that's where all those sculptures are at living now. Very cool. Very cool. But that's my experience with the, um, and I think just like, that's the only time I, oh yeah. So it's Northwest 23rd or Thur and Northwest Thurman street. Okay, uh, cool. But yeah, it, that was my introduction to the, um, the Whaley family. So so I have an unpopular Waitley theory. Oh yeah, oh, what's sure. that? Wilbur Waitley is autobiographical. What do you mean? That Lovecraft based himself on it. Ew. So so here here's here's some of my thoughts. And I've I've been and I thought I invented this theory. In fact, I wrote a blog post. It's pretty much been discredited before I thought it. Uh -huh. But here here's my arguments. Lovecraft, so some Lovecraft was pretty much raised by his grandfather. Yes. Robert Whitley is raised, raised by, by his, his grandfather. grandfather. Yeah. Lovecraft hates dogs. Wilbur Whitley is eaten by a dog. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wilbur Whitley is ugly. Lovecraft is told all of his life by his mother that he is ugly. Yeah, so bad that in his, up until his twenties, he doesn't go out in the daylight because he believes yep. he's ugly. And his his mom is mentally has some issues, and she's not like you're ugly. She says, you know, you're you're ugly, but that's okay. The world won't understand you. Only your mother can understand you. Did and she really? Ugly. Yikes! Yeah. I didn't um, know his like family life was quite that ridiculous. Oh, like he. he, he he loved his mom. His mom loved him. But, and it wasn't all of her fault because of her situation. Mm -hmm. He was an abused child. Yeah. Uh -huh. he, he was an abused child. Uh, and so I think, I think there's a lot that, now Lovecraft never confirms this in any of his letters. What mm -hmm. he does imply is that Artemage is based on him. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So huh. I think that maybe at least subconsciously, he's writing Waitley. He's writing his experiences. That yeah. Waitley is an outsider. He's an outsider. Um, and I think that Artemis is who he would like to see himself as. Mm -hmm. Um, and and, if, and so because Lovecraft never confirms this, and I don't mm -hmm. think it, even if he did consciously, I don't think it would be something he would confirm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, you never know how much, how much unconsciously is an author and a character. Yeah. And, and just yeah. So, but but I I think that there, are, and I, and apparently before I knew it, people had battered this idea around and then dismissed it. And then well, I, thought, I, I wrote a paper it. about it when I was in college. Yeah. <laughs> this oh, this exact idea. Yeah. Which uh, I think is hilarious. 
Yeah. So, so, so yeah, that's and and there's a lot, but I I think subconsciously, a lot of of Waitley is Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. Getting I away agree. from. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was Go. gonna say I agree. I wrote a paper about it. Uh, whether or not uh, he's trying to show himself as. Wilbur Waitley, there are those feelings of 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 uh, not belonging that Lovecraft is very clear about in his writings, in his writings about, you know, in his writings to other people, in his fiction. But anyway, uh, you're saying Gretchen? Well, no, I'm um I'm slightly confused about the the family and how who is who. Like, I thought that I don't know. I guess I thought that Lavinia was the sister. But is she the mother of Wilbur? Okay. What was there an implication that she was a sister of him at one point in some movie? Uh, there's always been like that's something that uh, when people talk about it, there's always that implication because you know his father. Well, uh, his father's someone you've never heard of, or no one you've ever seen, or you know just like. The townsfolk are like, yeah, uh, we know who Lavinia, uh, who who Wilbur's father is. Yikes! Mm. But um, I mean, it's kind of hinted like that's what the townsfolk think. But yeah. oh. Wilbur Waitley's like, no, no, no. It's his his father's like someone really important, and you'll hear him shouting his father's name one night Yo. over on you know Sentinel Hill, and you guys better watch out. Better I don't know why nice. I got it in my head that she was. I mean, maybe is Lavinia related to? Is she the brother to Yogg-Sothoth, or is she just like? She is the she is the bride of Yogg-Sothoth. She's. Yeah. I mean, I said broad brother. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So yes. she's the bride of Yogg-Sothoth. Yes. And then the Dunwich Horror is, is also Yogg-Sothoth. He's the twin. Yeah, but Wilbur's he's, twin. He's Wilbur's twin, but is he? He's also named Yog Waitley, right? I don't know. Uh, possibly, I'm not. I, and that may be what the grandfather calls him. I I, I don't remember that. Okay, so the dumb. I, I, I think that maybe Chaosium calls him that. <laughs> okay, that sounds about right. So the Dunwich like, Horror is not Yogg-Sothoth. No, it's Yogg-Sothoth's son. Okay. As so as Wilbur Waitley. He's Wilbur Waitley's twin. Yeah. Okay. They're obviously fraternal twins. <laughs> they don't He's the twin twins. that took off more after his father. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't even get a name, apparently. He just gets to be the Dunwich Horror. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's your brother's name? Well, he's the horror. He's we the Dunwich him. Horror. That's <laughs> what my sister said when in high school. What's that? That's what my sister said in high school. <laughs> That's my brother, the horror. <laughs> and then Cthulhu is real, their nephew? Oh, that's some heretical stuff there. I don't know. So I'm just reading. I'm like, I am I did a little bit of research because I haven't read the Dunwich Horror, shockingly. I, I've yeah. only heard the audio, um, the, the Dark Adventure Theater um, version. Mm-hmm. And I've only seen the movie, so I've never so, read okay. the book. So that uh, comes that comes from what the family tree, the the family tree of the outer gods, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. Lovecraft wrote as a joke, yeah. and 
and as and August Derelis kind of took his gospel. Oh, okay. Yeah. All the stuff, and, and you're never quite sure how much Lovecraft took this seriously, or as a guide to other writers, Derelis. Derelict took it as gospel. Yeah. So all the stuff that say this deity is related to this deity and the children and the children, yeah, you, that is, you, you, that's not necessarily canon. Yeah, it, it was a joke between H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and Clark Ashton Smith, kind of being like, "Oh, this is how you're related to these monsters." No, this is how you're related to these monsters. And uh, Clark Ashton Smith, I think, published the uh, the first timeline, I, or uh, uh, family tree, but I could be wrong. But he may have. I mean, uh, Lovecraft may have written the first one in his notes back and forth uh, letters. I think they're called. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Clark Ashton Smith published it first, though, in his short stories. Yeah, so, so maybe kinda if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. There's some stuff that I'm like, I think anything above a certain level, we could be like, that's just like saying that man's from God is saying that these people or these things. Uh, and oh man, now we're getting to heretical cosmology of the Cthulhu mythos. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> confused. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a bunch of gobbledygook. But we talked or... about Abigail Williams in the past, right? Mm -hmm. But she's possessed by Yoxathos, right? Am I right? Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank on Abigail Williams. Yeah, me oh, too. I thought we talked about her in the past. Like, um, maybe I'm just confusing her with another character. Oh my goodness, this we have. <laughs> there's, there's so many um, characters. There's so many. <laughs> And there's so many people with very similar names. So, so I, I think you're maybe speaking about uh, Anseth, um, uh Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Anseth she's possessed okay, by her okay. father. He was possessed, possessed by, by somebody father. else. Yeah. She's possessed by her father. Yes, that's right. Okay. Whew. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It, it's confusing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the Waitley way... family line is long and terrifying. Yeah, yeah. One way or the other, these long Lovecraftian family lines that end suddenly. <laughs> or so we think. Ooh. So I, I have another theory. Are you ready? Yeah. Or, or an observation? Sure, sure. So this idea of there being a, a demigod. I mean, Lovecraft borrows this from the Bible. I mean, no uh -huh. insult, you know, people believe the Bible. But it's also very, I mean, he uses a lot of biblical words and phrases. Mm -hmm, but he's mm -hmm. also very open that he takes this from uh, Arthur Mackman's The Great God Pen. Yes. Which is a story I love. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I am, I realize this is a 130-year-old story. So mm -hmm. spoilers, um, <laughs> but it's the same. The same idea is that a mortal woman has a demigod from this outer god, and we have Wilbur, who is this 
sort of grotesque, monstrous creature that can't, it doesn't blend into society. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. is Helen Vaughn, who is beautiful beyond words and who manipulates people. And even though there's enough humanity that it, and again, 130-year-old story, I'm sorry, she destroys herself instead of continuing on destroying other people. Where Lovecraft's uh, creature, or, you know, demigod, doesn't have those feelings. So even though the concept is taken from the great god Pan, the children in the stories are completely different. Hmm. That is an observation I had. Cool. Yeah. And the great god Pan, of course, being Arthur Mackin's riff on Frankenstein, a modern Prometheus. Or Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he read that and was like, I don't know if you've ever read something, then been like, oh, my goodness, that's given me ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. It, it, it was it was like kind of one of those things that Arthur Mackin read and was like, I've got to get to my tablet right away. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Yeah, no, there's all kinds of theories on who Wilbur Waitley is based off of or Wizard Waitley. Uh and and honestly, yeah, I think the easiest one to be is is like this is like Hercules, this is like Jesus Christ, this is like uh, Gilgamesh, this is like really, you know, okay. you know, that's, that's he's a demigod. Yeah, he's a demigod. He walks the earth. Uh, his brother is also a demigod, just not as close Ample. to what we consider sentient life in the universe. Yeah. Not not very emblematory. (laughs) Kind of squiggly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He looks just like his dad. He looks just like his dad. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, the Dunwich Horror, there's a lot of cool stuff in it that I really like. Kind of like this, uh, being able to look at Wilbur Waitley and see like evolution take place and go wrong and just all kinds of weird, gross things that like, if, if maybe it had been like, you know, uh, the gods that we think of, you know, everyone would be like that Wilbur Waitley, he's six ten and he can, you know, he eats uh, 12 dozen eggs for breakfast every day. <laughs> and, you know, uh, chops down trees and has a big blue ox or something but you know it's like but yeah no no not this not this guy not lovecraft won't let that kind of thing happen in his literature (laughs) (laughs) And, and and i will give credit to lovecraft here that this is a unique interpretation of the demigod idea yeah, now that you guys put it in that perspective, it honestly that makes like makes it make sense to me. Yeah. Cuz I didn't really think of him in the sense of demigod. I just kind of like only like looked at the like the easy stuff that you could see like the well the, everybody's gross and incestual and like everybody's related to each other. Yeah. 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 And so and, like that's what you see immediately for my yeah, and, and and I'll give Lovecraft credit or credit's due at mm-hmm. the same point he's got these idea of what country folk are. Yes. It is basically rooted in 
terrible stereotypes. Yeah, I was going to say. And, and, and he plays them off. And, and, and this is, and, and I mean, you get, you know, James Dickey was one of the greatest poets in the 20th century, and he gave us deliverance using those stereotypes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, which is a downright scary book. Uh, and yeah. I, I mean, The Hills uh, Rise Wild. Uh, mm. And uh, uh, Roughest of the Hillside Thickets. Terms like that come from describing uh, the uh, Dunwich area. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a little bit, I mean, it's, it's like northeastern. It's supposed to be in like northeastern, uh, very, very rural. It's almost out of, I mean, it's technically still Lovecraft country, but it's like the farthest Lovecraft uh, country away from like Boston and uh, 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 Arkham. And, but yeah, no, it's, it's just like semi mountainous wooded areas, a lot of glens, a lot of vales, you know, little bits of trees here and there. And I don't know, uh, Armed Forces Radio has a really, really, really good uh, version of this from Suspense or a Theta, um, brought to you by Roma Wine. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 like a really that that is my favorite version of the story to hear is the old Armed Forces radio version from the 40s or 50s. I can't remember, but oh, cool! I've only heard the Adventure Theater one, so I'll have to look up that one. Yeah, yeah, that one's really nice and kind of modern sounding but the other one it's it sounds like um it sounds like they recorded it on a toaster <laughs> it's wow. so old. but yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's 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 you can like really kind of like i don't know i like to imagine the people doing the fully work and the sound work and stuff like that and it's like oh at some point in time we're gonna need six guys in here to do the sounds of whooper wills which <laughs> is so cool Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough about my my love of radio. Uh, yeah, Wilbur Waitley, the Waitley family. Um, different ways to think about it. Uh, different ways. It's like part of me is thinking. It's like they are kind of a gross, degenerate family. But would nest? I mean, it's like, do you need the gross degenerateness to? worship yog sothoth or worship an outer outer gods i mean it seems a lot like in a fair amount of lovecraft stuff it's either like the rich the, like the ultra rich or the ultra poor or you know there's not really a in between grounds you know it's like people who can afford these fancy houses in boston uh and 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 these like poor rural folks who live live up on hills or dilapidated houses or mm -hmm. deep in the woods. Well, I was gonna say is I, what I think also that it does is it shows out like it shows magical bloodlines, right? Like so, yeah. Um, Lovecraft seems to see the importance in um, magic and family and bloodlines, and so I mm -hmm, think that mm -hmm. that that kind of presents itself over and over again in some of his stories, like obviously sure. with Homegirl and her dad, like you know. People seem to be, um, I'm all homegirl, <laughs> uh, but, but you know what I mean? Like that it's, it seems to be like a rip, rip, a title of a theme we keep seeing often, like a repeating yeah. theme. 
now that now that we've been doing this for a little while, I'm starting as a as a relatively new to Lovecraft um, uh, reader. I mean, I've uh-huh. I read some stuff in high school, but you know, it's like I just didn't retain it or whatever. I moved on to like Anne oh, Rice. Sure. I don't know, but like no, I get that. Now I'm looking back as an adult and seeing those like those commonality themes that presented in his work as we go through a lot of his pieces. And I find it really interesting. That's I mean one of the cool things about being part of this podcast and being the new Yeah. Book. Yeah, it's it's also a cool thing about going over Lovecraft when you're younger, taking a break from it and then coming back to it with adult eyes and going yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see where because like as a teenager you're like, oh, this is just cool and like this spooky. Is, oh, tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then like Fetch going from people. that, you're like, oh. Like knowing what the bigger words mean, and me and him talking about get these, get these, get these Italians out of here. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Yikes! Where's that come from? I thought we were. <laughs> Thought we were just talking we're about friends. a witch house, buddy. <laughs> what happened to that? We're out there with friends, and I'm, I'm so confused. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. no. Uh, Lovecraft. It's 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 in. It's it's like, I don't know. Understanding the words. Uh, I, I feel like it's like you liked Lovecraft when you were young. You get back into it. You start figuring out all the references and the words and stuff like that. And right around that point in time, someone says, you know, Lovecraft was racist. It's like, yes, I know Lovecraft was racist. That's I'm probably sorry. why I walked away from it. Because I was like, oh, he's anti-Semitic. Ugh. Yeah. And so, you know, being Jews, I was like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to do that. I mean, I, I definitely, I know I did as a young person, too, specifically. Yeah, but I also kind of felt like when he was doing that kind of stuff, saying that kind of thing, for me it was like, yeah, yeah, you, you snotty New England uh, elite <laughs> coastal type. No, but not 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 elite coastal type. But you know, it's just like H.P. Lovecraft. You so snotty. Using a thesaurus for every other word. <laughs> I don't care about your opinions about people. In fact, that makes me think you're a jerk and surprised that you wrote such cool stuff and had cool friends. <laughs> yeah, Lo- Lovecraft uh, was alive now. He'd be an internet troll. Oh, yeah. totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. He'd be like, don't, or, blame me, don't blame me correct. Don't correct yeah, me. Yeah, or he would be the guy that everyone's like, oh, can you believe Lovecraft came to the convention again this year? I thought he was canceled. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a few of those in general in real life. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also know that Lovecraft would also totally fill his pockets up with quarters of donuts and bagels at the uh, Lovecraft Carvalode or Carb load for love. Home for later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that I've seen any cosmic Nobody's ever done that. Never. ever do that. Yeah, <laughs> certainly no game designers either taking <laughs> stuff back for their hotel room. <laughs> Anyhow, enough of uh, telling other people's secrets. But yeah, the Dunwich Horror. It's 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 a really good. Lovecraft story. It's, I mean, it, it has a beginning, cool. a middle, and end. Uh, he doesn't say anything super terrible about any particular race, except for he does talk smack about country people, and that kind of sucks. 
Um, I don't know. I to this story, if I remember properly, it's like we got the what happens, the the baby comes, and then like or like it comes way later, or like or what something. No, that's not right. So it's okay. What what the story basically is is there is a uh, desolate village in um uh massachusetts yeah. where uh i'm even trying to figure out okay desolate college in massachusetts where where a kid uh who wants to see the necronomicon lives uh he's like 16 or 17 <laughs> yeah and uh has been writing with uh henry armitage uh at some point in time they like print newspaper articles about this kid when he was little uh, and like they couldn't find any decent men to go fight in World War One out of Dunwich and like that whole area they, they couldn't find anyone who was even suitable to, to send into the war um, just kind of to give you an idea of what it was like and how kind of like uh, I think the Arkham something or rather uh, did a, a a story about like, like just how kind of run down and terrible the the situation was in the Dunwich township. And then we get more to Armitage having to deal with this person who wants, who has like this old copy of the Necronomicon written or uh, wrapped up in like old newsprint mm. that it, the book's falling apart. And he's looking for certain pages, and Armitage is like, well, I'll talk to you about it, but you can't be with the book. And then they slowly piece together Armitage, Morgan, and Rice, I'm, right. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Because right. right. uh, sometimes I throw Warren from uh, uh, Strange uh, uh, Randolph Carter story. But yeah, mm -hmm. no, it's, it's those three guys. And they, they, they realize, oh, man, if we don't get this thing figured out, like, bad stuff everywhere. And so they, you know, grind up some powder of Ibn Ghazi, throw it at the boy, or uh, throw it at the brother. The brother goes, ay, 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 I'm visible. And then, hmm. then they kill it. Oh, or wow. lightning kills it, I think. Lightning kills it, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but... Yeah, and, and, and a lot of it is like you don't you, you don't hear Armitage and those guys talking to each other. It's townsfolk with a telescope telling mm. like a guy with a telescope telling everyone what's going on. <laughs> and it's it's crazy. It's it's like how I've I've said in the past, like um, Bram Stoker and uh, like H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, Mary Shelley, no, not Mary Shelley so much, but the the using different ways to uh, tell a story, like a telegram thrown in there, or a old newspaper article that someone's reading uh, to their friend, or like someone being like, "This is what's going on, you guys," or like in the radio drama, um, they actually like contact the uh, phone operator who's like. She's using technology that's fairly new to the time to contact all the farms and see who is and isn't answering their phones. So it's 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 just kind of like 
horror using newish technology to make things even weirder at times. Not that the telescope oh, is like new that. technology, yeah. but it's a new way to convey a story. Like having having a narrator who's like, okay, this is going on, everyone who's standing around me. I mean, that's that's kind of a tricky one to tell. Yeah, I like that. I like that that's the perspective we're seeing, though. I didn't realize that was what... I guess I, it's been a minute since I've heard that um, audio drama, so... Well, and the audio drama isn't very specific. I mean, it's it's pretty yeah. close. Oh, okay. But it's, it's, it's not 100%. I mean, they, they, they take some liberties to make the stories a little bit more entertaining, and I feel like sometimes you lose a little bit, but you also... Um, have a satisfying ending or <laughs> totally. other things in Lovecraft stories that people go, oh my god, I just read this for 20 minutes for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Oh boy. But you know who, who liked this story surprisingly? Who? Oh. Uh, Farnsworth Wright. Oh. Who was the editor of most of Lovecraft stuff and hated Lovecraft stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, and he only, hates everything. Yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft and, uh, he, he uh, Lovecraft didn't think he was going to publish it, but he picked it up and didn't complain. For the equivalent, paid, you know, quite a bit of money for it. Yeah, uh, which I'm was, sure Fart... Oh, sorry. Well, which was the most money I think Lovecraft ever made for a single story. That's pretty cool. And it's kind of in the height of his popularity, too, or what, I mean, of, of his uh, writing period of the uh, uh, Lovecraftian stuff before he stops for a bit again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, right, it, it, it was put, written in 1928, so I'm, it's kind of, he's leaving, it's almost the door between his gothic stuff and his cosmic stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's just about this time leaving the Dreamland stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's one of my favorites. I mean, what I was gonna say is like, I'm sure Farnsworth Wright was like, wait a minute, there's women in this. Wait a minute, there's an ending. Wait a minute, there's a middle. Wait a minute, you don't just like there's fill... characters. Yeah, there's characters that all have names. Names. Yeah, and it's like, wait a minute. You're writing from the perspective of the character, not from the monster. This is great. <laughs> but no, all the all the various things that Farnsworth right. I'm sure like Lovecraft actually typed this maybe and and spell checked it before he gave it to Farnsworth right, as opposed to just handing everything in uh uh longhand pencil in cursive. <laughs> Anyway, enough of making fun of Lovecraft. Yeah. Uh, we do that quite a bit, um, but lovingly. Um, yeah. Anything, any final thoughts on the Waitley family? No, not really. All right. Are you still there, Gretchen? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, I said no. <laughs> She fell asleep. What happened? <laughs> I just had to check because I hadn't heard from you in a moment. Okay. Uh, up next, we are going to be talking about a uh, another another god thing from another god thing. I think I don't know. It's it's up to your interpretation, honestly. Uh, but before that, you know, I have been three D printing now for about six months, 
And the best 3D printer I have found has been the AnyCubic Cobra. I, I don't go with the Plus. I don't need anything that big. I uh, Yeah, no, I've got my big boy printer, and it is pretty good. It keeps up with my bamboo pretty well. And that's my high-end, super nice, anti-shake camera built-in. Cost me the price of three any cubic cobras but uh yeah the any cubic cobras they're really good if you just want a 3d printer to print if you know you're not doing multicolor stuff if you're just building things any cubic uh cobra uh, check out the show notes or go to pgttcm.com for more information and also check us out on facebook instagram youtube and all the other places where uh, podcast stuff exists. All right, back to the show. In Legacy Door, a lurker from space casts a shadow over time. We opened our eyes upon the human world. We found ourselves lying on an especially yielding bed in a room displaying scattered relics of their shallow past, tied together by more recently produced items meant to blend with the relics. Typical... A sensitive journalist dreams of unknown lives. It seems like every time I close my eyes, they get stronger. I can't even say the last time I had a normal sleep, let alone a dreamless one. An outspoken lawyer defends the suspect in an unspeakable crime. And that client was Jonathan Strauss, held for the murder of his daughter Abigail and her companion Harrison Reese. And a stalwart investigator tries to drag it all into the light. Some of the Reeses and the Strausses have been involved with something that seems to include an obsession with bloodlines and longevity for at least decades. Legacy Door is a weekly cosmic horror mystery podcast. An ensemble of actors tell a story, also available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. Available now. This final show doesn't have a theme song. This part of the show doesn't have a theme song yet. David, D.B., and Gretchen go to the movies. Hopefully next week we'll have a real theme song. Hey, everyone. We are back. We are talking about... That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about... The film, Prince of Darkness, John Carpenter, 1987. I'm surprised Kurt Russell wasn't in this. Prince you of Darkness. everybody else was. <laughs> What's that? Everybody else was. I know. And it's like, where's Kurt Russell? It's like I, after watching a bunch of uh, John Carpenter lately, I almost expect Kurt Russell to be in stuff. Well, funny thing to kind of link back to discussing earlier, um, he uses the pseudonym Fred Armitage um, yes. for yeah. They Live. So I thought that was kind of cool that we mentioned those. Like, wait, hey, that's one of um, John Carpenter's pseudonyms. And, and I his... think for this one, he uses Quartermass's name, right? Yeah, yeah, he uses uh, the name Quartermass, which, yeah. <laughs> Bernard Quartermass, I think, is. No, no. Uh, yeah, Bernard, oh, Mar- Bernard Martin Quartermass. Quartermass. Yeah. So Martin Quartermass. So I love this film. This is one of my picks. Okay. Right? Do you want to? It's yours or mine. I mean, this is one I of feel these. Like this films. is one of my picks. I think Wicker Man's yours, right? Next week, or is that Dave's? Mine's Dave's. Yeah. 
Right on. Well, either or. I really love yeah. this film. It's love this film. so good. That, can um, you tell us about it? <laughs> well, right off the bat, like you, so when you're opening up with the beginning scenes of this movie, you already have this like incense of impending doom. Yeah. I've only seen the theatrical version. I've never seen the TV version. And I know that there's like a kind of a tone shift to like a, a more dreamy quality. But I don't okay. think it needs that. Because yeah. I feel like the very beginning where we're kind of set in this like universe of like, there is already some, like everything feels darker and um, there is an impendingness. And then you hear about a supernova that has been discovered. And as we kind of pull away from that, we also cut to like a priest who's passed away and he's got a special box in his lap. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think that like this setting, the way he shot this film is so different than his other films in yeah. a lot of ways. Like the, there isn't as much sarcasm in it. Um, mm -hmm. There are some odds and end jokes, but for the most part, like, yeah. I feel like this film kind of rode this line of like, he was going for a more serious element because well, he was just coming out of doing films like Starman and things like that. So this was Big his, Trouble like, Little China. Yeah, he was coming back to doing horror films and this was an independent film of yep. his. Like he, he even like, that's why he kind of reused cast people because he knew it could get like a cheaper, like cheaper performances out of them. Or well, he just, he knew what performances he would get out yeah. of them. Like yeah. Donald Pleasance is in this. And I mean, he plays, he's just about to do the, what, the Halloween four movie right after this. And we got Victor Wong in it. I mean, it's just such a, such a cool cast. Oh yeah. Um, the women in it were a little forgettable for me, unfortunately, like, cause I just don't really, um, I mean, we literally kept with the running joke when he kept saying, you know, Susan with the glasses and glasses here, the radiologist oh. over and over again. That was a great, like running gag. I thought, yeah. because I was like, Oh my God, she's totally forgettable. Bless her heart. I think, <laughs> um, Catherine was the, was she the one that survives the redhead? I believe that was Catherine. Okay, I'm, I'm. There was one of them was Catherine. I'm bad at names. Yeah, I was so I was like, oh, I don't know who's who. How do how do I talk about this other than using the actors' names? And I didn't know what any of their names were. Well, it's <laughs> because like, like, they I, don't I can't really. Look at, yeah. Yeah, they don't really call them by their name very often. Like, no. that's the thing is like nobody really calls each other their names so much yeah it's kind of like in real life where you know yeah. we don't just say each other's names over and over again but yeah yeah <laughs> in conversation and, 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 and speaking of female actresses who is this Alice Cooper woman stay <laughs> <laughs> oh, alive I liked his bit. Like, um, yeah. you, you know, the trivia behind that, like but that he only reason why he would do, it was only reason why they were allowed to use the gag that he uses on its stage being impaled was because he was like, I want to be in the movie. And he was like, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. It's, although you see the setup, I mean, I guess if you're looking for this kind of stuff, you see the setup on the bike, like right away. It's like, why does a bike have a microphone stand? <laughs> attached to it what's happening here <laughs> why is there that little piece that tightens um well, there's just so many cool elements to this film like i mean oh, especially yeah. like it's the dreaming sequence right like how we have this this we don't know how far in the future 
this scenario is going to happen. So uh-huh. it's like this dreamy, this collective dream, the lucid dream they all have. Um, as a, I'm sure also as a fellow philosophy major, this movie like really was like struck a chord with me because at the time it was, I had, I have lot, I, I still don't have faith, but I lost my faith. And so mm-hmm. I, um, thought it was really interesting to take of science as the element, like the, this is actually not God, but like a God particle type thing. Yeah. Um, right. And- not not to be like scary or anything, but I was driving home and they were talking about this new quasar that was. I know. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I saw that it was like the brightest point in the universe now, and they found this quasar. I'm like, oh, it's Prince And this is part of the apocalypse trilogy. This is the second yeah, yeah. Of the apocalypse trilogy. Yeah. Maybe not that these. Why. Maybe What's that's that? why Kurt Russell couldn't be in this one because he yeah, could only be one of them. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, you guys. Is okay. there a okay in the movie they live? Don't they hear this broadcast? I don't know if they hear this broadcast. I feel like I may I need to go right watch They Live. Yeah. But I could have sworn that they could hear this broadcast in their dreams. And I was like, oh, wait, if that's the case, are they linked? But everything I researched didn't say anything about it. So maybe I maybe I was just because there there is a broadcast that happens in um, They Live. I, yeah, part of me is now like going, is that church from the, I mean, like the right? exterior point? And it's like parts of the inside of the church, like when they enter it, that was all mm-hmm. filmed on site but as they go into it it's like oh yeah that's this monastery here and that's in long island and this is over here and you know nothing was actually shot inside of the church but i'm pretty yeah. sure they actually shoot from the church and around side of the church and like kind of that whole like back area uh for for they live but i could be wrong i could totally be wrong i i want i i think i need to rewatch it before i like lock that theory in but i'll be too, honest like it, i kept being like <laughs> isn't that the dream sequence we keep piercing and they live but um I, again like Not those true. movies came out one year apart right yeah yeah so i guess i kind of like in my brain was puts them together i don't know but yeah i mean you i would almost call they live an apocalypse scenario except for the fact that they actually avert it by awakening everybody yeah, but this movie definitely has Lovecraftian vibes because it feels like everything's cosmic horror, right? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, and having it all be about like space stuff, but like space stuff from a modern context, because that's what Lovecraft was writing when he was writing about like the Migo and stuff. It's like, oh, they just discovered Pluto, and uh, you the Plutonian know, and... God won't save you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh the the uh this movie though I, I i feel like it's like john carpenter being like science is cool man let's let's put some science monsters in this how do i make a science satan i know <laughs> he was getting super high playing his keyboard and watching cosmos and came up with it i mean that's not quite what it was but that's pretty close to what it was yeah yeah so, so I have a theory. Are you ready? Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. Not said in the movie, 
but I am told, and I haven't seen it, the script says the priest is named Father Loomis. Mm. So, so either Dr. Loomis and Father Loomis are the same person in different dimensions, or they're brothers or related. Ah. Or both. Uh, both. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. could be on the other side of the mirror. Could be. Yeah. And I kind of like that because doesn't, you know, a psychiatrist and a priest, part of their jobs are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To provide comfort and explanations. But yep. maybe, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm going off in a tan- tangent. Hmm. <sighs> well, I mean, I feel like this film has multiple, like, multiple ways of being interpreted oh, yeah. i mean like one critic called it like our like a he was like a film theorist he called it like a a metaphor for the aids um epidemic which oh, yeah i see but i don't think that was what carper's intention was no and and uh, yeah i don't think he he never he never confirmed that he never denied it no, but, but he also he, just doesn't like do that either. He'll be like, "Yeah," he, he and he also said this movie was full of gobbledygook that he put together. He was like, "This sounds sciencey," yeah. yeah. Like um, all the stuff that's happening on the computer screen, like there's none of that's from the Bible per se, but it has biblical references. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah like, no. No. It's it's it, it yeah. Could no. Have, I mean, definitely this period of time, we were all coming to grips with the AIDS crisis. So it may have been his subconscious bringing this out. Oh, sure, sure. But yeah, no, there's, I mean, I love, I love this movie. I love the fact that it's, it has ultimately nothing to do with the people that are there. If they weren't there, everything would still happen, but just a little bit faster. That's also the one thing is that I feel like there were a lot of like, they were kind of, um, they they kept talking about how like um the the small brain people were able to be controlled and it's like but these are quantum physicists yeah and they're too easily taken out and controlled yeah 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 there's stuff that like i ended up like taking from this to use in my own call of cthulhu games and stuff like that like having someone die and then, like, have them come out to, like, the perimeter of, like, a house or something and trying to, like, convince them to leave and stuff. And someone who they're like, wait a minute, we literally saw that person die two days ago. There's no way that could be their body. And, you know, just – and there's just, like, so much stuff, like, so much atmosphere, so much in the sets, which, I mean, everything's, like, in shot, uh, edited in, in you know, I, I mean – they didn't do any special effects that they couldn't like. Yeah, they you did nothing have to, in like, post. Recreate, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, all right, we're just gonna do smoke in reverse. All right, cool. I we're loved that, gonna... and I loved like the the way they did the dream sequence. He shot it from um, watching. He played it on TV, uh-huh. shot the TV, and yeah. that's what gave it that kind of grainy, creepy, which I thought was brilliant. Now that I I'm here, I'm like, oh, that yeah. aesthetic so much. How yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah. But, oh. Yeah, I mean, so also I would say that this movie is really like um, diverse casting for its time period, and like the idea of like, I mean, you have a somewhat like homosexual character. Like, I guess Walter yeah. is kind of LGBTQ. I wasn't certain. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to stay in a closet for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. You know, so, and and I think that a lot of, and again, I'm not sure if that was conscious or not. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, he had the jokes about how he had a really hot date, but then he was saying that his um one of his like grandmother or something like was asking about a homosexual crisis he was having. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, okay, so is this character gay? I don't know. Does it matter? Not really. But Not like, really. I just thought it was interesting, diverse cast of characters, um, women that were intelligent, that were not um, just fixtures um, mm-hmm. for that time period. Oftentimes women were like the kind of like, just kind of set dressing. Yeah. But that's probably Deborah Hill's um, influence as well. Right. Cause I mean, this is all based off of her dream about a church that she felt really um, uncomfortable in. Huh. Yeah. And and also, um, several strong Asian characters. Yeah. Absolutely, exactly. They're not demasculated, and they didn't use Eastern um, or Eastern mysticism at all, which I was yes, like, thank yeah, goodness that's... there wasn't like that dong 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 like, and then they had throw in, well, this god of like so and so from Chinese mythology, and they were like, oh man, yeah. I'm really glad they didn't do that at all. Like this was about. Catholicism and science. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really and, interesting. And say what you want about Los Angeles. It mm-hmm. is a diverse area. And so there yeah, were, absolutely. you know, and maybe, you know, maybe miss like a Hispanic character, but I think they did in general very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Now, special effects the scene, the everything about this movie all. And it's like, I loved it so much. It was like one of the first modern horror movies I'd seen uh, when I was a kid. And it just blew me away. I thought it was so amazing the way it looked and the way it felt and the way it made me feel. It made me feel like, oh, wow, this is probably what the end of the world would look like <laughs> I, I feel like that's that's a really great assumption because honestly it's we it's not going to be this loud thing no i mean i don't expect it to be that loud thing yeah it might be the result of a loud bang the, the, i don't know anyway um so yeah anything else we have to say about this movie like gosh i mean there's so much like they're such cool characters. What can I say? No, it's 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 that goes back to my like, I can't believe this wasn't a huge movie. I mean, it had like such a great cast of characters. It was so cool looking. Um, I mean, I, I think maybe it was made for the wrong generation. Yes. You think and, so? And I think that it also had the misfortune of going out uh, during, um, oh, the Glenn Close Psycho movie. Oh. The one where... Oh, oh, uh, Basic Instinct? Yes, thank you. Okay. It it was released at the same time, or it was released and Basic Instinct was still number one. It had been out for a little while. So I th- and 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 it made movie. I mean, it it made money. It made four times, you know, what they spent on it. But yeah. I think that the people that wanted to watch a scary movie uh-huh. went to see Basic Instinct instead. 
Oh, I see. Gotcha. Who did you guys think was the scariest possessed person in the um, film? Just curious. Like uh, after they oh. got possessed by the goo. Um, Honestly, what I always thought was the scariest was just the people outside. Oh, like the, people the... Who, who, who just were like ants. They're just like ants, you know? Uh, just out there. Right. Nothing. You don't even know why they're out there at first. It's like, oh, that's just the way it looks in the city. It's like what I'm thinking. It's like, that's just the city. And it's like, no, <laughs> there's more to it. But yeah. And yeah. And so um, I don't know scary or disturbing, but. The African-American, was that Calder? Calder, yes. You and I are on the same page. I was just about yeah. to say Calder. You know, he he tries to kill himself. Yeah. Yes. But it doesn't work. So creepy. And then, like, the where he's, he's, like, really sweaty, and he's standing in front of the mirror, and he's, like, going... <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, crying but laughing. Oh, dude. He, that was my favorite character, literally, because his possession was so yeah. spooky. He was such a, I mean, I mean, I mean, the other actresses were very good, but I think that Dusty Lawrence Ferguson, because he was in Boys in the Hood, he was also quite good. Yeah. <laughs> Just the I think so it was. Good. I think it was him who is actually in the video until they do the close up. Yes, it is. That's the what they figure. said. He's playing the um, road figure, but that future changes yeah. when she um, sacrifices herself. Yeah. Catherine Danforth, that's the character's yeah. name. So, so I was going to bring that up, too. Mm -hmm. Danforth comes from Lovecraft. So does Marsh. There's a Marsh yep. there, too. Yep. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Danforth is... Uh, one of the expeditions in Mountains of Madness and, you know, the Marsh family. Uh, Isn't Cabot as well, or... I think there's a Cabot. I I mean, Cabot's a really common East Coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. And it's like, is Cabot one? But, yeah. Yeah, no, this is such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, and we haven't spoiled it too much for you, go watch it. If you have seen it and you didn't like it, Watch it again with new yeah. eyes. Maybe not like it again, or maybe find one of your favorite John Carpenter films of all times. Totally. I mean, this this does belong, of course, uh, in the in the uh, in the uh, 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 apocalypse uh, trilogy or end of the world trilogy. I don't, I can't know my brain. Uh, yeah. This is such a crazy, crazy movie. And the only movie that I feel like is like a little bit crazier than this is In the Mouth of Madness. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. That's my opinion. But nope, yeah. I'm good with that. That's great. <laughs> I don't know if we've watched In the Mouth of Madness yet for this show. No, we haven't. We have not. Okay. All right. Next cool. season. Next season, of course. Because have we watched The Thing? No. You know, no, we saw that was like, we can watch it again, but that was like the week right before Gretchen joined. Oh, Aww. that's right. Yeah. But we, 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 we could do it again because now Gretchen's here. Yep, totally. We'll go to leave. All right. Yeah, I think that's it for the, the show, everyone. Uh, Prince of Darkness, find it. Uh, I, I couldn't find any place to rent it, so I just watched it free in free places 
but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where did you I own a copy it? of it. Oh, okay. That works. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I found, um, like, I'm not sure where I got it. I might have got it from my brother-in-law. Okay, cool, cool. But yeah, no, check it out. It's so good. Uh, next week, we will be talking about... I had this up a moment ago. I got it. We've got uh, Albert Wilmerth and Wicker Man. Oh, that's going to be good. Can't so wait. So two, two stories about hanging out in the country with the locals. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week, everyone. And remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and anywhere you find podcasts. And if this comes out in time, check me out at Emerald City Comic Con. I'll have a booth somewhere selling plastic stuff. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a link up on the, the Facebook or wherever uh, once I know what's going on. All right. Thank you all, everyone, and have a great week. Bye. Bye. That was a good show. Yeah, that was fun. I will get this out right out to you. Cool. I still want to talk about <laughs> this movie, but yeah, I gotta go make dinner. It's like yeah, I want to talk more about the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, I have I have some goats that will need some water. Yep, yep. All, All right, right, you guys. Well, have a good one, y'all. Not next week. Obviously, we're skipping a week, right? So yep, week yep, after. Right. Yes. yes. Word. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Good luck Bye. at Emerald City. Oh, thank you. Make lots of money. I, I'll, I'm trying to. Yeah, why are you? Bye. <laughs>